Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. What follows is a sermon provided by the LCA uh, with it. It's made by Pastor Richard. It concentrates largely on the Gospel reading from the fourth chapter of Matthew, which John read for us earlier. Our Gospel reading for today is one of beginnings. Beginnings are important. When you begin a new job, for example, you want to put your best foot forward. You want to show the people at work the kind of person you will be, the kind of worker you will be. First impressions last, we say. You want to show the boss and the other employees who are watching that you're a person that they expected. They're on the lookout for any surprises. How you begin can say a lot about how you will continue and even where you will end. Our gospel reading for today is about the beginning of Jesus' public ministry and how he begins is significant for how he will continue his ministry. He begins by calling people to repent for the kingdom of God is near. He begins by proclaiming the good news of the kingdom He begins by curing disease and healing sickness. All of this is at the core of who Jesus is and what he's come to do. So it's a significant beginning, but it's also a surprising beginning. And today we'll look at this passage and consider three surprises as Jesus begins his public ministry. First that he begins his ministry at a surprising place, Galilee of the Gentiles. Second, that he begins in a surprising way by calling fishermen to be his disciples. Third, his beginning gets a surprising response, that they drop everything to follow him. At a surprising place, in a surprising way, and with a surprising response. So first, let's, let's notice how Jesus begins at a surprising place. Did you notice in this first part of our text all the emphasis on particular places, on geography? We have Galilee, Nazareth, Capernaum, Zebulun, Naphtali. Matthew is telling us that there's something important here about the place in which Jesus' ministry starts. So what's, what's the point in this? What's the surprise? The simple answer is that the area that Jesus begins is remote, something of a backwater, not really a place of any significance or importance in Israel. Jerusalem in the south is the capital. That's where the temple is. That's where the movers and shakers of Israel are. That's perhaps where you'd expect a potential Messiah to begin his ministry. But Jesus begins way up in the north, in obscurity, in the sort of place that important people look down upon. In the book of John, people from Israel made fun of anyone coming from Nazareth. They would say, can anything good come out of Nazareth? So it is a bit obscure and it is a bit remote, but Matthew helps us to see that there's something a bit deeper going on here. 
Because what Matthew tells us in this quote from Isaiah is that Galilee is the ancient area to the tribes of Zebulun and Naphtali, and it's called Galilee of the Gentiles. This is at the intersection of the Israeli and Gentile nations. And as such, this is the area that was known as one of spiritual darkness, the people who sit in the shadow of death. When the armies came from the north, who were the first ones under attack? It was Zebulun and Naphtali in this region. When Gentile people mixed with Israel and so influenced the worship of God's people, it happened up in Galilee. So you can see the start, or you can begin to see the start of the influence and the significance of Jesus in beginning his ministry in this sort of place. Jesus, the light of the world, doesn't begin his ministry in the place where the light shines brightest. He begins his ministry in the place where the light has gone out, where darkness reigns. In this way, Jesus begins his ministry in a surprising place. Now, for us today as disciples of Jesus, it's worth paying attention to the significance of place as a congregation, as families and as individuals, God has placed us in a specific place. For us today, for our community, God has located us in Sydney. As a congregation, this is a unique place, especially because just as Jesus began his ministry in the place of spiritual darkness, so it is that in the cities of our world, often the flame of faith flickers most faintly. Here in the city, we are surrounded on one hand by upwardly mobile people who are striving to get ahead in a success-driven world, and on the other hand by people who are doing it tough, living on the street. Regardless of who you are, cities can be a place of spiritual darkness. This is our particular place. God has us here in Sydney, not just to serve those who are Lutheran, but more importantly, to be his light in what can often be a dark spiritual place. And so it's important for us to ask, what is, what is God calling us to do here in Sydney? How can we shine God's light right here? How can we help people who are walking in a spiritual darkness be exposed to Jesus? who is offering them hope, love, and a place to feel welcome. The same goes for you and your families and individuals. God has put you in a particular place, in a particular suburb, in a particular street. What does God, or why does God, have us in this particular place? Just imagine this, which, which couldn't be too far-fetched for some of you, that you could be the only Christian on your street or in your job. What do you do with that? A very simple starting place would be to get to know your neighbours wherever you can, spend time with them, show an interest in them and pray for them. We may pray for our family, our friends, as we are called to, but we 
are also put in a particular place. So something like adding your neighbours to your prayers would be one very simple way of acknowledging this reality. Jesus began his ministry in a surprising place. Next, let's look at how Jesus begins his ministry in a surprising way. The first specific thing that we hear of Jesus doing as he begins his ministry is calling fishermen to follow him so that he will make them fishers of men. What's, what's surprising about all this? Well, that he has disciples is not surprising. Great teachers often had disciples, people who follow them around and who listen to his teachings, such as John the Baptist. But what's surprising with Jesus is two things. First, that they don't come to him. Jesus goes to them. Jesus doesn't set up somewhere as a guru and wait for his disciples to follow him. He goes out to them. He goes to their workplaces. He specifically chooses them and calls them himself. Jesus said in John 15, You did not choose me, I chose you and appointed you that you may bear fruit. With Jesus beginning his ministry in this way, we see the pattern of our God who takes the initiative, who comes to you before you come to him. The second surprise in this part of the beginning of Jesus' ministry is that he chooses average, everyday people instead of perhaps more famous, influential people. Peter, Andrew, James and John are all fishermen. They aren't religious leaders. They aren't scholars from Jerusalem. They aren't renowned military men or anything else of the sort. They are simple fishermen. Now, not that there's anything wrong with being a fisherman, but in fact, these people seem to be hardworking. They seem to be running a successful business. It's even possible their good, hardworking character was something that Jesus sought out. But the surprise is simply that they are nobody special in the eyes of the world. Everyday, average guys plucked from obscurity with nothing great in themselves that would distinguish them from anyone else. This is a pattern that we see right back in the Old Testament. Abraham, Moses, David, and so on. St. Paul sums this up in words which come just after the Corinthians reading, which we heard earlier. For considering your calling, brothers, not many of you were wise according to worldly standards. Not many were powerful. Not many were of noble birth. But God chose what is foolish in the eyes of the world to shame the strong. God chose what is low and despised in the world to bring to nothing things that are, so that no human being might boast about the presence of God. Now, for us today, as disciples of Jesus, the same dynamic is at work. God calling into his service regular people from all walks of life. 
This is exactly the same dynamic that happened among the people who God chose. You may feel sometimes that you're not especially suited to participating in his mission of fishing for men. Not especially gifted for any particular service to God, but he calls surprising people to do surprising things. He plucked fishermen from the Sea of Galilee to be his apostles, who would be the foundations of his church. He calls you into his service and works through you, whether you think you're up to the job or not. Jesus brings his ministry in a surprising way. And finally, let's see how Jesus' ministry begins with a surprising response. When Jesus calls these men, they immediately dropped everything and followed him. They don't argue, they don't delay, they leave behind all that they know, their livelihoods, their family, and they just go and follow Christ. Now for some, it could seem as if if this is a bit reckless at first, that they just leave their boats and the nets for others to tidy up, that James and John left their dad to do the rest of their work. But there are different ways that we can understand this. Did they know Jesus already, perhaps? Did Zebedee perhaps give his blessing to them? But regardless of these sorts of details, it's certainly pointing us to this truth. There is a cost to following Christ. Whether it's financial or in the family, there is a cost of discipleship. And this perhaps why this detail strikes so much of us so strongly is because we know just how hard this can be. It might be hard for us to leave various things behind and to follow Christ with this sort of devotion. And so we hear these disciples so unquestioningly and courageously. We think, how does this happen? But here we we make a mistake if we think it's something in them, in these guys that causes them to follow Christ. Again, it is Jesus who comes to them first. When people come to Jesus thinking that they have something to offer Christ, it's the wrong way around. When Christ goes to them and chooses them, invites them, calls them, then all things are as they should be. His spirit-filled, powerful word gives them the faith that they need to respond like this. Now for us today, as disciples of Christ, it works in the very same way. You do not apply to be a Christian. You are called by God. You do not come to the Lord Jesus, bringing your resume with him, with you, telling, you how, telling him how lucky he will be to have you. He calls you to follow him, and he shapes you into the sort of fisher of men he wants you to be. For many of you who were baptised in his infants, this has been so powerfully illustrated in your life because before you could even consider the Lord Jesus, before you could even talk and call out to him, he called you. He spoke your name 
in holy baptism and invited you to follow him. And for those two who have come to faith later in life or as adults, return to the Lord perhaps after many years away from him, you know that when you look back, you can see God at work in all sorts of ways, calling you back before you were willing to open yourself to him. Here in this place, week by week, Jesus' spirit-filled, powerful word of invitation goes out to you. He calls you again and again, saying, come to me, follow me. As he does, it's the call of the Lord, which is real spiritual power, which gives you the strength to follow and leave behind the things that hinder. If we try to follow Jesus on our own initiative and in our own strength, it simply will not happen in a healthy way. But when we realise that in Jesus Christ, God comes to us first, he calls, then his word empowers our following. Then, and only then, the incredible and surprising response of Simon, Andrew, James and John can be ours too. And the beginning of Jesus' ministry, therein lies the surprising response. Beginnings are important. Jesus began his ministry with a call to repentance, with preaching the good news of the kingdom, with healing sickness and disease. And he began with some surprises. At a surprising place, Galilee of the Gentiles, the spiritual darkness, in a surprising way, taking the initiative to call everyday fishermen into his service, and with a surprising response, immediate and faith-filled devotion, created by his coming to them with his word. God grant us to us, for Jesus' sake. Amen.